0: Welcome to Higher State of Being, our bi-monthly podcast about how you can
1: live your best life. I'm Kat Cogren, and I'm Teddy Rockland, certified clinical hypnotherapist and registered psychotherapist. Together, we're going to explore topics that we all care about, like how to improve sleep, how to reduce anxiety, and how to have healthier relationships.
0: We will be inviting expert guests to share their professional knowledge on each of these
1: fascinating topics and so much more. At the end of each episode, we'll post a guided meditation so that you can reinforce the techniques and strategies that we've discussed. Each podcast,
0: together with the associated guided meditation, will help you live your life more fully and reach a higher state of being. Hi, I'm Kat Cochran, and welcome to Higher State of Being. In this episode, Teddy and I explore the challenges of job loss and career pivot. This interview took place on May 23rd, 2020, as thousands of people were losing their jobs due to COVID 19, myself included. Teddy and I hope this podcast can help everyone who is faced with job loss or any significant life change, either due to the pandemic or a shift in your path. Let's pick up with our special guest's introduction. To introduce to us today, our special guest, Jay Hutchins. Jay is a U.S. Navy veteran, senior channel sales professional, thought leader, trailblazer. And this is very interesting. I don't think I've ever interviewed anyone with this on their credentials time person of the year 2006. Woohoo! Okay, before we get to the meat of, uh, of dealing with job loss and career pivot
1: tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well I wish I could tell you it was saving you know nuns orphans and puppies worldwide. Um, the fact of the matter is is that for 2006 the time person of the year was you. Ah. So anybody alive it was celebrating the digital <laughs> age and the rise of social media and time person made everybody alive in the world in 2006. But I wanted something catchy on my LinkedIn profile, and it's on my resume. And I've had a couple of people say, "So, tell me about that." I'm like, "Yeah, go Google it." And you'll, so, <laughs>
1: but it's a, you
2: know, it's kind of that thought leader, you know, thought provoker. So, right, it works. Right. I'll, I'll, well, I'll hey,
0: I, I I fell for it, so I like it. I like it a lot, especially. Uh-huh especially around today's topic which is dealing with job loss and career pivot that's being able to capture the attention of some of a potential employer or someone you want to work for is important and that's a really catchy little thing right there right jay
2: it is like I said it's it's uh, i've had some people kind of roll their eyes when i tell them about it um but <laughs> when with our topic today I think if you find things that are legit that can, you can use to stand out amongst the crowd, if it sparks some interest or attention, that's really what the game's all about.
0: Exactly. Exactly. I learned that early on when I started using "Cat" on my resume instead of my full name. It was one of those things that people went, oh, tell me, why are you using your nickname? So good strategy. I like it. I like it. Um, so our topic today is dealing with job loss and career pivots. Uh, it's very timely. Uh, We're, you know, I don't even can't even keep track of how many millions of people have lost their job uh, due to coronavirus, but it goes on all the time. It's not something that's, you know, just this snippet of time and history that we're dealing with. Um, Teddy, why, why are we talking about this today? What's the point of this being a big topic?
1: Well, especially now, I mean, this, as you said, is always, always an issue. There's always a risk of losing your job, even in a really good job market. But now, especially, um, it seems timely because not only are a lot more people losing their jobs, but the fear of losing their jobs is causing a deep anxiety in people. So I've been kind of rolling this around in my head. I knew you were going to ask me this question. And I think that the best reason for it would be um, the, the loss of identity and the grief that comes along with it, because when someone when you're meeting someone for the first time, um, as an adult, you know, remember back in the in in high school, people would say, Oh, what kind of music do you listen to? And that was the topic. And in college, oh, what's your major? And that was the topic. Well as an adult, it tends to be, oh, what do you do? And you know, society is going to place identity and value and all kinds of social connection. And they're not as much focused on who are you or what have you seen or what do you hope to experience one day, but you're meeting someone the first time and trying to make an impression, trying to figure out your social network your world and they say so what do you do and your response is kind of a sheepish um well I'm uh currently unemployed if you could say I'm a doctor I'm a lawyer I'm I'm a housekeeper I drive for uber I'm a stay-at-home mom each of these seems to get more respect and more social standing than well I'm, I'm I'm looking for work right now I'm currently unemployed so it actually does create this uh this insecurity around who am I if I'm not that? How do I even answer that question? And yeah. then all the grief that goes along with it, which I'll be right. discussing later.
0: So it's that social identity that job that our jobs and careers give us. That really yeah. is. Yeah. Now, is that is that true for everyone? Is it more for women or men? Or is there a little bit of, you know, You know, I would say that there's
1: nothing that's true for everyone except for we require oxygen and water and sunshine and, you know, all those things. I I wouldn't say for everyone. Um, But I'm pretty comfortable saying that a fair majority of people, when they're facing or actually dealing with unemployment, are going to go through these these levels of grief. And it seems to have slightly different connotations in, in the Western world, particularly in the U.S. It seems to have a different connotation for men than it does for women. Um, For women, there tends to be this kind of assumption, and again, forgive the overgeneralities, there's a whole spectrum, and I don't mean to isolate anyone in or out. Um, But just speaking very, very generally, women with our our very fast-moving brains and our super-developed corpus callosum, we tend to think that we have constant responsibilities all of the time. So you lose your job, that sucks, you still have 400 other things you have to do in the next half hour. Whereas generally for a man, again, generally, they tend to be more hyper-focused on the thing at a time, the thing at a time. This is what I'm doing right now. And when that job is not in place and that identity gets kind of wonky, it can have a significant effect on all different aspects on their life because that one thing is missing. Right, right. So Jay, tell us a little bit about your job loss
0: story and how you Came to terms with the emotional side of this. Does anything that Teddy just said ring true? Is that part of of oh, what your experience was as well?
2: Oh, a hundred percent, Kat. Unfortunately, I've gotten very good at job loss. I've had three in the last three and a half years. Um, to Teddy's point, when you lose your identity for for me as as a white middle aged male, that was everything. Jay was nothing but my job, and it. Didn't it took me losing the job to realize that that's kind of a dangerous place to be when your identity is so wrapped up in what you do and not who you are? It's kind of the Grand Canyon of emotional cliffs that you 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 drive off into. Um, and the first time it happened, it was much more of an emotional wallop upside the head than I ever expected or I had heard people talk about. Um, second one. Okay, been through this before. And when it happened again last fall with COVID, it's like, huh, all right, well, I kind of know the journey now. So it's really not that big of a deal. It just took three times to kind of understand the process.
0: So, in the course of the three times, you kind of went through this emotional side of things. And here we are right now. And you're our expert on this topic. I really like this. I think it's, it's, it's good. Um, I'm going to use the phrase practice makes perfect, but <laughs> um, just to give a little lightness to this, uh, what are what are the problems of not acknowledging the emotional side of losing your job? I mean, Teddy, what do you see from that perspective?
1: Well, losing your job is just that. It's a loss. It's something you no longer have that you feel was taken from you before you were ready. There can be, for starters, a bunch of resentment with that. But um, for many, it really is something to be grieved. There are a few who, when they lose their jobs, they go, oh, woohoo, thank God. Now I can do the other things I want to do, or I can collect unemployment, or all these other things that a minority of people who experience job loss are going to go through. But for many, it really is... Something to be grieved, and we often experience this genuine grief as an overwhelming sense of emotions. The first emotion that comes in the stages of grief is denial. And if someone is trying really hard to ignore their feelings about how it is to lose their job, they get stuck in denial. And when that happens, they're going to not be able to process through the other emotions. And it turns out we were all well, those of us who studied this were taught there were five. It turns out there's more like Seven, and they don't follow a particular pattern, but you're going to experience, if you get past the denial, the, um, the anger and the bargaining and the guilt, which it gets underplayed a lot, the, the pain that goes along with it, the fear that goes along with it, the depression, and hopefully, eventually, the acceptance. But if someone is staying in that place of not even acknowledging that this is really what's going on, they can't process through the part where they get to acceptance. And along with acceptance comes hope and optimism. And that's where you're more employable. People don't want to employ the MOPE e or, or the, the angry person who can't deal with other people. It really helps in the job search to process through the emotional component so that you can get to acceptance and optimism and be desirable.
0: Right, right. So Jay, from your personal experience of this, and, and especially going back to that first job loss experience that you had, Tell us about your stages of grief and how that worked out for you, and ultimately where it led you to.
2: Great question, Kat. You know, to Teddy's point, the the, the job loss curve, and I've been fortunate to get involved with a number of networking groups in the Colorado Front Range, and they're uh, designed for folks to come together that are looking for uh, a job, and it's kind of skills, you know, how to rewrite your resume, your LinkedIn profile, um, and what I've found this last time is it's turned into kind of a A support group by working closely with some fellow laid off people looking for some job seekers and to Teddy's point I want to talk about that the it goes by various names the change model uh, the Kubler Ross model where you have the denial the anger uh, the frustration and and to Teddy's point you're right you're unemployable at that zone Um, and then that curve basically kind of goes up and to the right and that's things are getting better you're you've accepted it You've dealt with it, and you're a much better person. You're definitely more employable. I developed these these ten job hunt, ten real world job hunting tips, and number four, or excuse me, number five, is a take on what Teddy just talked about. And I call it the Hutchins morale models. So instead of this nice curve of la 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 la, oops, got hit by the bus, and now I'm sad, I'm mad, I'm frustrated, and now I find puppies and unicorns and things are, you know, to the promised land. Well, the Hutchins morale model is, and I'm trying to describe this to our listeners, take a colander full of spaghetti, and that's the Hutchins morale model, because it isn't always a linear path. It twists and it turns and it comes back, and sometimes that journey can go full circle in five milliseconds. When you accept a job loss, and you deal with that hover, you deal with it. You wanna get up and to the right and be comfortable with it and and accept where you're at. Getting there is inordinately difficult if this is the first time through it. Uh, And I'm hoping with today's conversation, I can provide some tips with our listeners that help them realize that this is not a linear path. It's not one through 10. It's not five minutes or five days to get through it. It Takes a lot longer.
0: It's It's a colander full of spaghetti. I like that analogy. Now you had mentioned, and I think these are actually on your LinkedIn profile as well, the uh, real-world job hunting tips that you've created. Do you want to kind of run through those and 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 I think you know a quick a quick talk on what they are, yeah. but more importantly, why what compelled you to create
2: these things? Well, start with your second question first, if I may. What compelled me is, despite having spent months uh, working with these networking groups. Um no one was really addressing the emotional aspect of the job loss. And I was talking with a group of people, it was I'm stuck, I just can't get past certain things, I'm frustrated, and these these typical things. They're like, Me too. And I was talking to another friend and it was like, Me too. And then another one was like me too. We're all kind of stuck. And
0: Similar these networking
2: story. groups are are great, but we needed more. So I wanted to kind of address the emotional aspect. It's not about do a nice linkedin profile and write a good resume and interview well it's like yeah yeah we kind of know that but what about this emotional journey right um so very quickly the 10 job tips and these change but these are these are the originals number one is embrace the suck now i'm a military veteran and that quote is not a j-ism it's not a j original it's been everybody in every military in the world from the dawn of time has probably said embrace the suck it's horrible it's terrible but if you can acknowledge that you're going to be a lot better off and you kind of pretend it's not happening yeah you're laid off bills are piling up and and it's horrible and it's terrible but you've got to kind of look for the the glitter in the in the mess and and deal with it Um, number two this is my only tactical one thou shalt create a secondary email address we all have gmail or hotmail accounts Well, I guarantee you when you're out job searching you get on the job boards your email address gets sold and before you know it, your inbox is perma cluttered with garbage. So create the throwaway email account. Number three, find your support group. I originally called it find your tribe, um, find your accountability group. Those were the three uh, people I was telling you about. We came together. We were detailed. We were focused on tasks. We held each other accountable. But it also turned into a support group. And that to me is probably the most number one thing you can do is find somebody in a similar situation because they're the only ones that can identify with that. Uh, Your resume will never be perfect. When you're in the job search, you're always tweaking your resume. You have to realize it's got to be good enough for now, um, but resumes should never be static. They're always going to be evolving. Uh, Number five is my spaghetti model. You'll have ups and downs sometimes within minutes. And that's that. The, the 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 change model Teddy talked about is never linear. Uh, number six, in the midst of chaos, there's also opportunity. And I think we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Is job loss? I've been doing this job for fill in the blank years. Is it perhaps time to talk about something else? You know, look at another career, which I've done. Um, the obstacles you face are almost entirely self-induced, and I had an asterisk with the exception of the global pandemic. So job loss ranks in the top five of life stressors death marriage divorce uh, a couple others um, job loss during a pandemic pff, that's a whole new level of suckitude back to number one um, number eight get out of yourself it's too easy to get tunnel vision cat we we are only worried about woe is me now's the time to volunteer now's the time to meals on wheels read to children walk dogs for the humane society Whatever it is, you've got to try to expand your horizons. Um, Number nine, move, you need physical exercise. Uh, And lastly, a quote came from my wife. You are planting seeds, plant in a sunny spot, give them water and care and know that they will take time to grow. You're not gonna get laid off on Monday and have a job by Tuesday. Right. Doesn't happen. Right. So that's kind of the quick and dirty.
0: So, and hopefully you've been planting seeds all along and, and, you know, as you go out, and around the world, I really love what the one get outside yourself and and do something for others. that's that definitely would resonate, I think t- yeah. to help get that that curve to the optimism and acceptance
1: piece. Right. And the part about make sure that you're connecting with a group also, because part yeah. of what comes along with job loss is often a sense of isolation. Nobody wants yeah. me. There's nothing valuable about me. So to have these other people, your tribe, your social connections, allows you to feel like you have that acceptance and you're not out in the world alone.
0: Right. And that's others are in right. similar situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've experienced job loss. Uh, you know, it is definitely something that's Unexpected and I've had I've had various experiences, like one job that I lost. I loved this job, and it was you know, I, I'd given my soul to it um, uh, the the place that I was a a hospitality and tourism marketer for a wonderful, beautiful place on earth. and I lost my job there, and I was devastated. I was so sad about it, but it also gave me an opportunity to take all that skill and passion for that one place and expand it and start doing marketing and tourism development for more towns and entities in that region. So even though I was devastated, it often it gave me a new opportunity. And then sometimes I've had a job loss and I'm like, great, it's time to do something else. And and you're right, Jay, you get these, the first, fee, first time it happens, it's like so hard. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing that could ever be. Um, and then the more you go through it, but tell us a little more about your story. I I want to I want to dig in just a little deeper on what it was really like to go from being a US Navy leader and then into this world of you know your professional role and then wham, the rugs pulled out from underneath you.
2: Yeah, that's that's a great question, Kat. I've had a number of you know, in the Navy out of high school. Uh in hindsight, maybe the best job I had as an air crewman uh, flying around the world looking for Soviet submarines. Um, oh, wait, I don't like being enlisted because the young officers were my age, and I'm saying, yes, sir, no, sir, I I sir, I'm like, well, now I'm ready for college. So, boom, off we go to college. Um, got a degree, Bachelor's of Science in Industrial Technologies, manufacturing, making things. Um, did that for eight years and realized that I really don't like this. I love to talk way too much. Um what can I do that you know emphasizes a different skill set? So it was really hard to say to give notice an inevitable question people ask your coworkers is where are you going? What are you doing? I'm like, I have no idea. That was really hard because you're supposed to have an answer. Oh, I'm moving over to XYZ company, uh I'm gonna go to school, get a degree, whatever. And it was like, I got no idea. So Nine months, I took off, and actually, it was the best thing ever. My calendar was skydiving and rock climbing and mountain biking, and it was awesome. And then i like, hey, I really like to talk, and I love outdoor gear. I'll go work at REI selling backpacks. Um, so then I got into sales, and I've been doing that for the last 20 years. Pivots and job loss, you're right, Ken, it's been said. The rug gets pulled out from under you. And I call it, frankly, the bus of life. I'll finish the analogy um, later in our our session. But when you get hit by that bus of life, it's an awful feeling, especially if you didn't see it coming. You're you just feel like you've been ground down into the asphalt. And the, the trick, I think, is how you react and how you pull yourself up and out of that.
0: Putting yourself out there can be hard, demoralizing even. How do you take care of yourself through through this time when you're out there getting rejections and going through those phases? What do you do, Jay?
2: What I have found, and I mentioned a moment ago, is the finding your tribe. Uh, My wife and I have been together 26 years. She's fantastic, and I'm so fortunate she hasn't murdered me in my sleep with these emotional ups and downs I've had (laughs) um, (laughs) being laid off, Um, and all three of those were layoffs. that, um, In hindsight, you see them coming, you don't see them coming in time. Um, To me, it was finding a tribe, and through these these networking groups that you can find on meetup.com or LinkedIn, look for local groups in your area, To me, that was absolutely the most important piece is getting together with people in a similar situation. You understand each other's language. You understand where they're at in that colander of cooked spaghetti of emotions. But even more importantly, and that was great, you go in, and this was pre-World going upside down. We'd go meet once a week for a couple hours, and that's a great session, and you're talking. You meet some new people, um, leads and ideas, and then some of us started going out for lunch after work. And it very much became kind of a social thing. And that's when we decided or I realized that I need more. I need to have a focused study group, just kind of like your college or high school days. Um, that, to me, is the most important is we can talk about doing a resume and interview practice and things um, that are very tactical. But if you don't have a partner in this emotional journey, and even now, um, just today, I was having a bad day. And uh, my tribe, we, we meet three times a week for a quick call in the mornings. And talking to my friends, they've gotten to know me as I've known them. We help lift each other up. Um, Having that confidant, you can't do this alone, I guess is my message. You've got to reach out, whether it's professional help with a therapist, whether it's your best friend, your spouse, your significant other, or in my case, people going through the same situation, we can truly speak each other's language
0: exactly so finding finding that that group that support group is really important so you can share that experience teddy any other ideas you have on self-care during a time like this
1: of course because a lot of times what's going to happen is someone is going to spiral into anxiety and or depression um, frequently both hand in hand so letting yourself come back to this state where you're able to be present in the moment even if only on occasion and realize you are not about to get attacked by a saber-toothed tiger you feel threatened you feel uncomfortable you feel unsure uncertain okay but this is not in this moment a life-or-death thing so how do we come out of that fight flight freeze One of the very best first things to do, as we've discussed in a few of our previous podcasts, is um, practicing this relaxation of the vagus nerve, humming, chanting, singing, moaning, if you just can't get yourself to hum along to a song you used to like on the radio. Um, Anything that gets that, that vibration going on in your throat is going to calm your nervous system within seconds, which is really wonderful. Also, be active, ideally 20 minutes twice a day. This does not mean go out for a run unless you want to. This can simply just be get up and walk around the house. It can be bend over and do a forward fold and touch your toes or have a shower. Do something that gets you up and moving. Because frequently just being in that seated, hunched over position is enough to close off a lot of your your nerve endings and a lot of your blood flow, a lot of your energy flow, as you know, acupuncturists and people who work with Qi would say. So actually getting yourself upright And and vertical and engaged and moving is going to trick your nervous system into, oh, I must be okay because I'm walking slowly. Um, The threat is not immediate Um, because it isn't. Unemployment is a, oh, God, what am I going to do? You're not about to die right this second. So getting in the present moment is really, really helpful. Having a support group, people who understand or people who are compassionate and love you anyway is really important. Um. Also, one thing that I really like to recommend is do something every day that will lead to a sense of accomplishment. It can be as simple as a puzzle. It can be as simple as a book. It can be as simple as doing a crossword or a home project or an art project, take a class, something that there will be a finite end to. You know how to get there and you are going to be successful in this because what you want to be doing is reinforcing to your subconscious mind and your conscious mind that you still can do a good job and you can still have that sense of a job well done, yay me. So you don't start to feel like I can't do anything right. Check, done, yay. So you have that sense of accomplishment. Finally, and I think most importantly, is being able to recognize gratitude now. What do you have now that is still okay? Are you still breathing? Rock on. Your partner didn't leave you. That's really, really great. Your children still like you. Well, not every day, but sure, a lot of the time. (laughs) What do you still have in your life that maybe you forgot to pay attention to while you were busy being pissed off, angry, grieving, bargaining, all blah, 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 blah. Come back to that sense of, of gratitude. I am grateful for this and open to something even better. It's a wonderful mantra.
0: Excellent. Love all those ideas. So a lot of times... And especially in situations like we find ourselves in with uh, this COVID-19 pandemic, the work that you used to do just isn't available anymore. Or a lot of, you know, it happens with technology changes and and things like that. And we don't have a whole ton of time here, but I definitely want to talk about career pivot. Um, I have experienced that and i've gotten to a point where it's like i have a certain set of skills that are transferable to many many different industries and i'm fortunate that way because my skills are truly transferable to many many industries however that's not always the case for someone who might have a more uh, defined set of skills or they've honed their skills into a certain industry and they're very unique there um and jay you even were talking about career pivot without even knowing about it talking about going from one thing to the next, and and figuring out where you really felt you had your best uh, skills were being used the best way. But what if you had to pivot again? What would that look like for you, and how would you want to handle that?
2: It's a great question, Kat. And there is no one answer that works for everyone. Um, everyone is unique. It's it depends, and honestly. In February, if you'd asked me this question, I'd said, absolutely, go for it. Unemployment was at record lows, and we saw how quickly that's changed the last couple months. I don't mean to say that you should, if you're in a career that's just flat out not working for you, I get it, been there, done that. The manufacturing world was killing me, and I had to get out. Um, Now it is a little bit tougher. We have to acknowledge there's 35 plus million people out of work, um, and who knows where that's going to go right now. So you, you brought up those points, Gata. if you've, You have to acknowledge and identify your skill sets that you have and figure out how those transfer to the new industry you're looking at. Um, that combined with networking, especially now in the, in the age of corona, um, you're obviously going to be better off if you can network or get connections with somebody inside the company that you want to target that can sing your praises will be a much stronger and more effective messaging than if you just go knocking and throwing resumes on the door. Um, which all go through a computer anyways, and if they don't see that you have 10 years experience in X, even though your skills are there, the computer oftentimes will kick you out without thinking about it. So um, it's certainly doable, um, and that's where I would encourage folks that are thinking of career pivots that um, you will be light years better off if you can find some local groups through uh, Meetup is, or um, I think it's Meetup on your phone is a great place to look for networking groups. And dive into those tactical skill sets because I could spend three hours and barely scratch the surface on very tactical, executable things you need to work on to do that.
1: Teddy,
0: from your perspective, and I'm going to ask this in a two part question here what are the psycho- psychological benefits of exploring and expanding into a career pivot? And then the second part is how do you do that? from that internal
1: place? How do you actually do that? It's a very good question. Um, The benefits of considering Career Pivot is what it actually does is it opens these neural pathways in your mind, as we talked about during the neuroplasticity podcast that we recently did. Um, Every time you have a thought, it, it fires an electrical impulse through the gray matter of your brain, and that becomes your routine, that becomes your rut, that becomes your habit. If you start being open to the possibility of something else, what would it look like if I did this instead? What kind of hours would I work? What kind of clothes would I wear? It opens up your mind to the possibility of possibilities. It opens up your mind to the possibility of options. The opposite of stress is options. So right there and then, just, oh, I never even thought maybe I could pursue this thing I wanted to do when I was a kid. Maybe I'll take a couple of classes while I'm not doing anything. It really does open up your brain, literally, to being able to, to try new things and do new things. And the positivity and the possibility and the optimism release hormones, which cause you to feel more energized and motivated. So just thinking about things that could possibly be good is going to give you more energy, more drive, and more likelihood that that's what's going to happen. You can always do what you always did can always go back to your own career if that's where the opportunity presents itself but the fact that you have been bathing your brain in hormones and opportunities is going to make it a whole lot more likely that they're going to call you to do the old job and you may or may not want to because you may or may not have created something better for yourself you're not just sitting in that rut of self-pity that options options
0: are the key and i love that options are the opposite of stress i like that i mm-hmm. I, I mean, that just resonates for sure. Stay <laughs> right. so, and I are the, are the queen of, of
1: catchphrases, right, Stay? <laughs> yeah. I've
0: got lots of them, but that's okay. It helps people remember. It helps people reinforce this. Sure. So mm-hmm. when you can actually get to that place of optim- optimism through those options, mm-hmm. what is then happening? I mean, I mean, how do we get there? How do we make that leap of faith?
1: there are things that you already know cause you to feel better there are songs that no matter what your mood when it comes on you feel a little bit better for me that intro to superstition by stevie wonder i could be crying over the worst heartbreak of my life and if in the back of my back of my ear i hear this dun, 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 i'm on you know i'm gonna force myself to sit still because i'm moping But a little part of me is like, I really like this. You know that if you go for a run, you feel better. You know that if you go outside, you feel better. Now, I'm not talking about clinical depression. If you reach the point where you just can't, that's an entirely different thing that we'll talk about on a different podcast. But this is not the clinical depression. This is the situational grief, despair, distraught, unsure, uncertain, that kind of level. So if you are actually able to get yourself out in the sunshine you know it makes you feel better, do it. There's a certain kind of scent and aromatherapy that does it for you. Or you know you need this many hours of sleep, this kind of nutrition. That self-care is really gonna be fundamental and going to be key in helping you get where you're going. But the days that you don't feel like it, you revert back to those handful of things that you know that you know that you know. You have to fight being in a good mood because this always makes you happy. You always like that. That's how you do it. Excellent. Jay, any closing
0: thoughts from you for our listeners?
2: Oh, yes. Thank you, Kat. Um, to, to paraphrase what Teddy said and finish my analogy about the bus of life, um, I think these all tie together. This is just the Jay version. Um, you got three places to interact with the bus of life. One, you get hit by the bus. You can be under the bus. Not a good place to be. You could be in the bus going along for the ride. And the bus is life. Um, You don't pick the stops. You don't pick who you sit next to. You're just a passenger. Um, To me, I think, ideally, the best place to be is driving the bus. You know, to echo what Teddy said, just a different uh, format is you want to drive it. You want to be in control. Are you running the schedule? Um, Are you not stopping at the sketchy stops and just, you know, picking up, you know, the, the right kind of passengers you want to? And, and, and in conjunction with that, with what Teddy was saying, there's a difference between some therapeutic wallowing and self-pity, and that's just checking out for the day and having a glass of wine, um, a cookie, a bite of ice cream versus destructive behavior, right? And that's where you're emptying out the larder and, you know, you're a couch potato for three days, and that's just not a good place to be. But think about where you want to be in that bus of life, under it, okay. in the back, or in front of it. We're
0: driving it, yeah, awesome, awesome, Teddy, anything else last thought you'd like to give our listeners?
1: i for one thing, I just love what you just said, Jay, about the, the therapeutic or destructive behavior I think that was I think that was absolutely spot on um I would add, um you know, I've worked with plenty of people who didn't realize they were in a rut and they were dissatisfied or bored, and they were just in this habit, they just were doing the same thing they were always doing because that's what they always did, and going through this this brief period. You can come out the other side of it in acceptance with a whole new variety of of opportunities that are available to you, a different attitude, you feel stronger, you feel smarter. And for some people, this being open, just being open to a career pivot or a broadening of your career can multiply your options and magnify your possibilities if you approach them with curiosity and with an open attitude. So for some people, this time of life is really when they start to realize that life is what they make it. Excellent. Excellent. Jay, thank you so much. And and if
0: uh, I think you might be set up for a career pivot as a maybe a career coach or a motivational speaker, I don't know, but just consider it, <laughs> consider it. Thank you, Ted, Kat. Always wonderful working with you. And don't thank forget, you. you can find the guided meditation to reinforce all of this. Uh, at higherstateofbeing. com, and we will be back in two weeks with a new podcast. We look forward to talking to you then. Thank you for listening to Higher State of Being. Thank you for listening to Higher State of Being. We invite you to visit higherstateofbeing. com and become part of our community. Here you will find the guided meditations and resources to help you on your journey. Subscribe and get full access to all downloadable meditations, deeper resources, and much more. Visit higherstateofbeing.com.